Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave Podcast with your host, me, Cole Haight. Happy 4th of July. Recording this live 4th of July afternoon, about 1 p.m. in Pennsylvania. Uh, Everybody have a good time. Uh, Do whatever you do uh, to relax. A nice holiday right after a pandemic. If you want to go out and grill, get some fireworks, drink a beer, whatever you do to relax. Enjoy that. Maybe you'll be listening to the podcast while you're doing it. If you enjoy the podcast and you know of other people who would also enjoy a sports podcast, please tell your friends. Have them give us give me a listen. I'm looking for all the feedback I can get to grow the podcast. So if you guys aren't aware, sports is taking a bit of a a bit of a downturn. Uh, hockey is in the finals right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning looking like they're going to win that series. Uh, we've got basketball. We got the Bucks and the Suns. They're in the final series right now. Baseball's going strong. Uh, they're almost at the halfway mark, uh, but football's still in a lull. So we're gonna the next few episodes. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do divisional breakdowns. So all divisions in the NFL. We're gonna go over the teams' acquisitions and players that they lost. Uh, their projected records for this upcoming season, uh, and some of my uh, takes that I've saw uh, for some stories for some of these teams and how they how I think they're going to perform this season. So, so for the next few episodes, for the next six exactly, we're going to go through all the divisions. I'm going to do the AFC divisions first, and then I'm going to do the NFC divisions. So today's episode is going to be the breakdown of the AFC South. We're going to talk about the Colts, Titans, Jags, and Texans in that order. Uh, so. This season coming up, right, the biggest thing that I've seen for the Colts is they are heavily reliant on two people to perform this season for them to actually play well. So their coach to be able to keep this team solid and to make Carson Wentz the best quarterback he can be and Carson Wentz to be the best quarterback he can be. The Colts are going to be heavily reliant on whether or not Carson Wentz can perform not like he did last year in Philadelphia and also be a mess in the locker room because he could destroy this team. But they had a, they have a few players that I found very interesting uh, digging in a little bit here. So Mo Ali Cox used to play basketball in college. He's a tight end for them. So Mo Ali Cox is 6'6", 260. Um, Mo, Mo Ali Cox is one giant human, and he did a – beaten on the Vikings last season uh, when I watched a game live against against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So he's going to be huge in the passing game. Carson Wentz is going to need some some reliability for him to perform. His confidence is going to be real low, especially after last season, not being able to trust the organization he played for and the fact that they didn't support him. So he's going to need as many reliable targets as possible. So, and, and the Indianapolis Colts roster can provide that. So they picked up Eric Fisher. He might not play um, for the first few games uh, from the Kansas city chiefs. He's having surgery. So he might be out for the first few games. Um, but he's going to provide him and him and Quentin Nelson, who's probably one of the best guards in football. They're, they're going to be able to protect Carson Wentz. So he's going to be able to play a little more free. And if he can play a little more free, we can see him return to the, the almost MVP like season he had a few years ago in Philadelphia. So I, I don't think Carson Wentz has the ability in his brain to play as bad as he did last season. I think it was just it, it's literally he didn't want to be there. He felt no support. So it's almost like he subconsciously tanked that season. There's no possible – he's not going to play that bad again. I've, I've never seen him throw the ball that awful. And I'm 
from the around the Philadelphia area. So every Eagles game every week is always on, and it's always readily available for me to watch. I've never seen him play that bad. I've honestly never seen any quarterback play that bad, and I'm a Vikings fan. So and <laughs> that's not, that's a little funny if you think about it. So Eric Fisher and Quentin Nelson are going to be able to protect him up front. Mo Ali Cox is going to be that big body target as a tight end. And T.Y. Hilton re-signed um, with them, even though he got a higher offer from Baltimore, actually. So he's going to be that veteran presence on that offense. He's gonna. They have a lot of young guys on the outside in terms of wide receiver and also in terms of running back with Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. They still have Marlon Mack as well. So that's four pretty decent running backs for fantasy this season. So just a little, a little snippet for fantasy. Uh, look at Jonathan Taylor. You got to think you play most of your games against your division and their division consists of the Jags defense and the Texans defense, which they will play twice. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. Jonathan Taylor is going to have an amazing running back season for fantasy this season. So look for him. I mean, if you if you can pick him up for your team, you're going to be solid. But uh going back to that. So TY Hilton is going to be that vet presence for the for the wide receiver group. Deep threat, can play the slot, can play outside. He can teach the young guys how to play, how to practice, how to prepare so that they can take some of the load off of him. So at the beginning of the season, he's going to see a lot more targets. And then once they get more comfortable and Carson Wentz gets more comfortable and everybody buys into that offense, they're going to be rocking and rolling. So we'll see. That defense is solid. Uh, Not much to say about that. They had a lot of people return from last season. DeForest Buckner, um, Darius Leonard. Like they They have a lot of solid players on defense to be like a top 10 top five defense guaranteed so their offense just needs to perform and uh, Frank Reich their head coach needs to make Carson Wentz mold him into the thing into the quarterback he knows he can be and then the whole rest of that offense will run completely smooth so if Carson Wentz comes out strong they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna come out hot if he comes out weak, we're going to have huge issues, and we're, I'm probably going to have another podcast talking about how the Colts are failing right now. But So my projected record for them this season is 11-6. and six. So I got the Colts going 11-6 and six this season. Um, that's also honestly dependent upon how Carson Wentz plays. But on average, I'm thinking he's going to come out and play pretty well. So I gave him 11 wins, 6 losses. Moving on, Tennessee Titans. So the Titans have lost a decent amount of players. And until I actually saw this, I was actually watching TV. I was watching the uh, NHL Net- or sorry NFL Network, and they had a bunch of uh, recent acquisitions and uh, recent losses for players on each team rolling down the bottom of the screen. I was ironically watching Cornhole, and it was on the NFL Network. Really, really odd, but pretty fun to watch Cornhole when all the players are good. But all right, back to this. Uh, so... Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, and Adoree Jackson all departed from the Titans this season. That's literally both their starting corners and one of their starting safeties. Malcolm Butler is a, is a Pro Bowl player. Adoree Jackson is a is a special teams two-way, if you include special teams and defense. And Kenny Vaccaro is a hell of a hitter, especially as a safety. He's a big presence. So they lost all three of those guys. And Adam Humphreys, their slot receiver. So that those are a, a lot of large losses. And and after seeing that, 
And if they didn't pick some of these players up that they acquired, they would have been pretty tanked because their defense was really trash last year. But so they picked up Janoris Jenkins. The, the he's a he's a savvy veteran. I mean, it, he's a he's a route jumper. He's good in man to man. He can get beat in zone a little bit. He's you know he's an older guy. He's more of a man to man guy. So in zone he could get you could get a little bit of get get something off of him. But so he's gonna be good. Um, they have a really lot after losing all of the corners that they did in the back end. He's gonna need to have some of these like fifth round picks, practice squad guys, some of these free agents they brought in, the, the guys that they drafted, these young kids. He's gonna he's gonna need to teach them because they're gonna have to come up to speed relatively fast. Uh, just mention how T.Y. Hilton needs to be that that rock in the wide receiver room to get everybody up to speed to take the pressure off of them. Janoris Jenkins has to do the same thing in Tennessee. Because if not, they're going to get eaten alive. Um, not really much else to speak of for their back end getting filled in, but they did pick up Bud Dupree uh, to play D-end from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bud Dupree is amazing. He's coming off an injury, but he's, look, the rehab looks like it's good. He didn't have any really any setbacks. So Bud Dupree is going to help out that defense. And they got Autry on the other side. So him and, him and Autry are going to be good um, enough to be able to at least get some pass rush support. For this defense, for the fact that the the secondary is so young, if they have a decent pass rush, they should be able to take that pressure off, and the defense can run more sound, uh, game in and game out, quarter in and quarter out. But if you're putting all the pressure on one uh, one aspect of the defense, the other the other parts of that defense are going to be ridiculously tired. It's like you're always focused on making sure you get. Uh, pressure on the quarterback so that you can make sure that your secondary guys don't have to be in coverage as long as they need to be in. They're going to get tired. They're young. They're going to give up huge plays and you're going to lose games. So Bud Dupree's going to help them out. They did uh, bolster their defense a little bit with Janoris Jenkins. We'll see how everything works out. But as of right now, their defense still looks a little shaky, Um, but we'll see how they play. We'll see how they play. Um, I've talked about it before. Julio Jones, not really. We don't really got to go into it that much, but Julio Jones, huge pickup. Yeah, is he going to stay healthy? We have no idea. He'll he'll miss a few games here, a few games there. He won't practice, but then he'll play. He'll play, but then he won't practice. It's we'll see. We'll see what happens with Julio. It's going to be their offense is going to have no issue scoring points uh, with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill. They they're not going to have any issue scoring points. It's going to be all based on their defense. I believe in it. I believe in their defense. I believe in their offense. Everybody always bashes Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's in the Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, all the quarterbacks that are just not good enough in the eyes of the media. I believe in Ryan Tannehill. I think he was cursed by Adam Gase when he was in Miami, and everybody saw him play worse because Adam Gase is literally the worst coach in NFL history. Actually, he's probably not the worst coach, but he's one of the worst coaches. So, I think I I got them going twelve and five this year. They're gonna beat the Colts by one game, um, and probably win that division uh, with the Colts getting in on a wild card. So that's that's my projection right now for this upcoming season for the Titans. All right, moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the media center of the NFL offseason. So they just hired uh, Urban Meyer. 
as their head coach. They just picked up Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect in the draft since Andrew Luck at quarterback. They brought in Tim Tebow, who has played baseball for the last eight years, was a subpar quarterback eight years ago in the NFL, and now apparently he's going to start at tight end. Um, so I don't, this is just a media circus right now. And, and they're just probably eating it up. Uh, Urban Meyer is a college, a great college coach. I have no idea how he's going to do in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard that story right when he started, he hired some guy who had like sexual assault allocations and all this crazy stuff to his, to his coaching staff. And then he fired him right away once they found out. And then right after that, maybe two weeks after that, he was he was pissed because they were she was trying to recruit people and have them on visits during COVID, and you couldn't do that. And that's like a college thing, not an NFL thing. He's got to figure it out. This is the NFL; it's not college. Like you need to you need to figure it out. If you think that this, if you think that the Ohio State coaching at Ohio State is anything like coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars, you are losing your mind. This uh, Urban Meyer is, I don't know, I, as much as I think him in the NFL is not going to work, for some reason in my brain, I think that they're going to take off this season. And people are projecting them to get four or five wins. I'm a lot more bullish on them than that. So Trevor Lawrence is a great prospect. He played great at Clemson. Didn't turn the ball over a lot. He only lost two games from high school through college. So he doesn't know what it's like to lose. We'll see how he bounces back from losses in the NFL because he will lose because his team is not going to beat a lot of teams. And it's not like they're going to go 13-3 and or 14-2 and or whatever. But Trevor Lawrence is going to be good for them. And people people are thinking right now that they're only going to get five wins. But look at look at their pickups. At wide receiver. Look at their wide receiver room. So they got Marvin Jones Jr. from the Lions. They got Philip Dorsett, who played all those years as Tom Brady's uh, slot target in New England. DJ Chark. D.D. Westbrook. They got James O'Shaughnessy playing tight end. Huge, huge receiver. Could put up good numbers last season. They drafted Travis Etienne to play running back. They still have James Robinson to play running, to split some carries with him. Big body from Alabama. Their offense has got some play, some playmakers. And if Trevor Lawrence is even half decent, their offense is going to be way better than people are projecting and people are seeing right now. The over-under for wins for them this year is five. If you're willing to bet money right now for futures, please put take the over because they're going to win more than five games. I can almost guarantee it. Their defense is sus, very suspect. So they have a lot of young guys. They lost a lot. They have a lot of, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say like the one-year wonders that get traded every year. So they have, they have a lot of those guys on the roster, which typically when you have all of the, a lot of those guys on the roster, it really doesn't work out. If you have a few, usually they make a, a contribution, but then you have to bring something back like a Marcus Peters, where Marcus Peters will ball hawk you, Right. But then at some point he's going to give up a huge play, and you're going to be like, "Do you are you an actual football player? How did you let him just run right by you?" So it, they have a lot of those type guys and a lot of young guys. So if if their defense could even be top twenty and not bottom ten, they're going to be pretty decent this season. 
Um, Cam Robinson, they franchise tagged him. Uh, Cam Robinson's a good tackle for Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be on Trevor Lawrence's blind side. So, and they're really performing well in in camp. I've been seeing a few things. I've reading a few articles on them down there. Um, they're doing pretty well. I don't know what they're going to do with Travis Etienne, whether they're going to leave him at a wide receiver, running back, out of the backfield, wide receiver type, or if they're going to give him carries, or if they're just going to pretty much eliminate James Robinson and just run Etienne into the ground. I don't know how they're going to do that. Either way, I feel like it works out okay. I have no comments on Tim Tebow. I don't even think he should be playing in the NFL right now, nor should it have been that easy for him to make a team. Um, so I don't think Tim Tebow makes really a big impact unless they are at the one-yard line every time and just give him the ball. Um, he's gained a lot of weight, so maybe he can work in like short distance, third downs, specialty packages, specialty plays, maybe special teams, but I don't see Tim Tebow making a huge impact on this team. Trevor Lawrence is going to make an impact on this team. Urban Meyer is going to make an impact on this team. The wide receiver group is going to make an impact on this team. Tim Tebow will not. So my projected record for the Jags this year, a little bit bullish than than others, uh, but I'm going with eight and nine. Going with eight and nine this year for the Jacksonville Jags. All right, and last, the best team to talk about, the Houston Texans. All right, so I was I was wondering how I was going to talk about them, so without completely laughing. So I just want you guys to think about this, and I'm we're gonna we're gonna talk this out together. So let's look at their Q- QB room that's on the roster right now. They drafted Davis Mills. They have Deshaun Watson, who is probably going to be suspended for at least a full season, if not two, for his allegations with massage therapists. They got Tyrod Taylor, who got his lung punctured last season, got replaced by Justin Herbert, and hasn't really done anything like amazing in the NFL, but he's your plug-in vet guy. Like, we had Sean Mannion last year. He's never even thrown a touchdown pass, yet he's been a backup for 16 years. I really don't understand that. But And then they have Jeff Driscoll, who was like the third-string wide – sorry, the third-string quarterback for the Detroit Lions. So that – I don't even know what to even – I don't even know what they're going to do. Davis Mills just drafted, probably not ready yet. Sean Watson probably suspended, not going to be there. Tyrod Taylor, not good enough. Jeff Driscoll, who is that? Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. I have not a clue what they're going to do. Not a clue. But I guess once we figure out what they're going to do and who's going to start, maybe we can do a better projection, but I don't know. So look at their running backs. So this is even more interesting, right? So we got Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram. So David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram are all starters. How are you going to split carries between those three people? And Rex Burkhead and David Johnson are both wanting to catch passes out of the backfield. How are you going to throw the ball to two people? This doesn't make any sense. It literally does not make any sense. I don't even know who was like, who would you start? I would probably start Philip Lindsay and David Johnson on a, on a split for carries. And then I would bring Burkhead in on like third downs. I don't know why Mark Ingram's on that team. I don't, he, there's no need for Mark Ingram to be on that team. I would leave him on the practice squad until somebody gets hurt. Honestly, it's it's a li- almost it's a little ridiculous. All right, so now that's those are the running backs. So let's look at the wide receivers, right? So they picked up Chris Conley, who was a third string wide receiver four years ago on the Chiefs. Played on the Jacksonville Jaguars last season, but was hurt all season. Taewon Taylor, who was like a speedster short guy for the 
uh, Cleveland Browns. He played the slot, but then all the rookies that they drafted the year after he was drafted were better than him, so he sat most of the time. Andre Roberts, who is like a punt return specialist. He's like a he's like a a punt returner that they put at wide receiver just to fill like a spot. He doesn't doesn't catch that many balls. And then Dante Moncrief, who hasn't played that much for any teams in the past few years. He's been a third stringer that's come in maybe one or two games a season. I know he played for the Raiders at some point. He played for the Colts at some point. He played for the Steelers at some point, but he hasn't really played that often. But look at those receivers. Like, who is going to help the team there? Who is going to help the team? No one that I can see. And I don't even know who's throwing the ball to him. So how is that even going to work? So we'll see what happens there. Now, what I am more interested in here is the fact that their defensive returner returns from last season and who they picked up kind of goes under the under the rug a little bit. It got swept because everyone says their defense is terrible. Like they're not good, but they picked up Desmond King. He's a really good punt returner, kick returner, and he plays corner. So, I mean, and he's pretty decent. Shaq Lawson's a great rusher. Um, Camus Gruger-Hill, he was a really good linebacker. Um, they got Vernon Hargraves coming back, and they got Justin Reed coming back and as a safety and corner. So, like, their secondary is pretty decent. Their linebacker group is average. Uh, their defensive line, pretty average, maybe average to below average. But they're not as bad as people are saying. Like, they're saying that th- this team's going, like, 1-16. in 16. Like, there's no way they're going 1-16. in 16. But, I mean, I, I got them going 4-13. and 13. Four wins. Their over-under is five, I believe. So, it, theoretically, I, I would say go under. But I would stay away from that. If you're betting that, I wouldn't touch that. Because it's going to be right around five, I believe. Because you always got a few games that go off weird. We don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You always have a bunch of weird games where you could win or lose by a field goal. So that's why you never want to, if it, if you're thinking it's going to be close, the over-under is right on that number, don't even touch it. All right, so in a, in a recap of the AFC South, I've got the Titans winning the division at 12-5, and five, then the Colts in second place in a wild card at 11-6. and six. We got the Jags in third at eight and nine, and then we've got the Texans in last place in the seal in the basement at four and thirteen. So, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you haven't listened, uh, if you haven't listened to all my previous episodes, give them a listen. Um, if you know anybody who would like any of the any of the content, uh, please let them know. Uh, like I said, I will be going through the next few episodes. I'll be going through all of the divisions. Today was the AFC South. Next episode is going to be the AFC North. So whatever your favorite team is, uh, just wait for the episodes to come out, and then I will be covering your team within the next six episodes. Uh, any feedback you guys have, um, I did mention I was going to make an Instagram for the pod so that you guys could send uh, hit me with some DMs for any any feedback on the podcast. I did not do that yet, so please, if you have any feedback, uh, please send it to my Facebook, Cole Hate, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y-D-T. Uh, hit me with a message on Facebook. Let me know your feedback, uh, Good, negative, positive. Just want to make the, the podcast as good as it can be. And uh, wait for your team to come up. The next few episodes are going to be 
um, flying out. Hopefully doing one every two days. So every two days we could have another one come out. Uh, I know that there's a lack of NFL news right now. I'm hoping to get some recaps out so I'll give you guys some, um, some content to listen to and get ready for training camp to start and for us to figure out how the season goes and then we can get right up into the season. So um, like I said, up on High Heart Radio, hit me with any feedback. Hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Uh, have a safe rest of your 4th of July and make sure you don't end up like Jason Pierre-Paul. So please wear gloves. Do not lose your fingers. Do not mess with fireworks if you are not qualified. Uh, but other than that, you guys have a safe rest of the day. Later. Later.